This is the Design Direction Podcast, providing direction for business, design, and the pursuit of joy. Real talk for creatives. And now your host, Stacy Thompson. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Design Direction Podcast. In this episode, we are diving into the world of real estate during a crisis. I recorded this episode several weeks ago, and our state had planned to start opening things back up on May 1st. Some areas of the state and businesses were allowed to start operating with restrictions on that date, but larger cities decided to push the date back to May 15th. The information, regulations, and plans can change rapidly, making it difficult to know what to expect, so please keep that in mind while listening to this episode. I invited real estate agent Joe Gray of HomeWise Realty on the show to talk through one of the many markets that has been affected by this uncertainty. Joe Gray has been in the real estate business for 13 years, owning and operating his own brokerage for over 10 years. Joe has a great team around him, including his wife, Megan. Joe prides himself on his client-first approach, where he truly listens to your needs, provides expert advice, and works hard on the client's behalf. In this episode, Joe will discuss the ups and downs of real estate during this time, what to expect for both buyers and sellers, and the future of the housing market. I have known Joe and his wife for many years, and I have personally seen how hard both of them work to provide knowledge to their clients and potential clients, especially in uncertain times. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joe about the realities of real estate and what to be mindful of when buying or selling now or in the future. So today we have real estate agent Joe Gray of HomeWise Realty um, with us on the podcast, and we're basically talking about um, real estate realities during this crisis that we're all going through right now. And um, my first question is, um, how has your relationship or your business practices changed when you're working with your clients in the real estate industry during this time? Uh, yeah, it's been changing pretty much every couple of days because the policies keep changing on what we can do. Um, so we, we started off initially where we were considered as real estate agents to be essential mm-hmm. and, uh, and everybody just kind of, it was business as usual. We thought it was going to be scary. We found out we were essential. Nothing really slowed down. Okay. Uh, then they kept putting in new rules about what we can do and what we can't do. So at this point, we are now considered to be essential, but we are not allowed to have any personal interaction with anybody. Now, there's a weird loophole in there that if it's um, if it's a legal obligation for them to be buying or selling a house or a financial emergency, then we are allowed to do person-to-person, you know, face-to-face interactions and just take a lot of precaution. Um, But the problem with real estate is you can justify everything as being a financial emergency. Um, So we we are still doing it. It's a lot slower. Um, The interactions, we've got a couple of realtors are doing things differently. So some realtors are getting the mask on and the gloves on and going with them. Some Mm -hmm. realtors have their clients sit in the car, the realtor goes up and unlocks the door, uh, instructs the listing agent to have the seller leave all the lights on, doors open to closets, everything. And so the realtor basically just unlocks the door, 
and the buyer walks through by themselves mm-hmm. and checks it all out. And then they come out go to their car and the realtor goes back up and locks the door and, and calls it a day. Okay. Um, so yeah, so showings have been really tough and, um, and, and it has forced us to rely more on video things uh, like Zoom and and really relying on listing agents, hopefully to do a good job with making uh, virtual tours and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, what's your, been your biggest challenge in trying to meet the needs of your clients right now? Is it the in-person? Is that the biggest challenge or is it something else that, you know, you guys are dealing with right now? Uh, for me, I would say two things are less inven- even less inventory than what there were for buyers because we were already struggling with inventory and now sellers are afraid to come on because they think the market is too slow or mm-hmm. they just don't want anybody walking through their house. Sure. Uh, so that's one obstacle we have. But honestly, the biggest obstacle we have is the it's just it's hard to guide our clients on what the best route is to go because there's so many uncertain things. Um, you know, our, our clients, if you are a good realtor and your, your clients come to you from the very beginning when they're thinking about doing something, they put a lot of faith in you to know, you know, what the, the trends are, what the, what the comps should be, what the expectation should be, and really want you to help with, with their budgeting and long-term plans. And, uh, you know, normally we can do that and we can, we can look on history and kind of some, some trends are developing and work with that. But right now things are changing every day that we, we have a hard time really confidently telling our clients what, what to expect and, and what the right decision is for them or their family and, you know, financially. Right. Yeah. I um, can imagine that there's a lot of uncertainty just in general in that aspect. Um, if you, you know, hopefully if you were um, already planning maybe to purchase and you had kind of had all of that in your mind and figured out ahead of time. Um, but everything's changing with people's jobs and, you know, how, how does that factor in, um, to the buying process? Because let's say that you, you know, you have a job, but you're furloughed. Like, how does that work? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and we're coming across that a lot. Um, we've actually, uh, there's a lot of people that are rushing closings to happen. That's one thing the title companies are struggling with is they had closings scheduled and people are trying to move them up, you know, a week or so and rushing everything to get done because some of these companies are coming out saying, we're going to furlough you. We have, we have full intentions of hiring you back. Right. And some of them even set dates. So they're like, we're going to, we're going to furlough everybody for two weeks. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to buy a house during those two weeks, you're not going to be able to buy it. But, um, you know, we have a lot of buyers that are, you know, financially, they're very conservative and they're good with their money and they're smart. They've got lots of savings. They do not care about taking off two weeks at all because they've got plenty of money put away for emergencies. But at the same time, they're not able to close if it happens during the furlough. So they're trying to rush things and just be like, look, I know I'm going back to work right. me to the closing table yeah. so I can close and spend that two weeks rehabbing the house, painting it, whatever. Um, 
But yeah, that that has taken a lot of buyers out of the market and uh, definitely caused some uncertainty there. Yeah. And from the seller side, I mean, I obviously can understand the, you know, concern that am I going to get the, you know, price that I should have gotten on my home. Um, if I sell it right now, I would say yeah. that's probably the number one, you know, concern. Um, the second thing, like you said, do I want people coming through my house right now? And, um, yeah. you know, that whole aspect of it. So I'm sure that there's a lot, you know, of uncertainty on both sides of the table. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we have, um, you know, we've been just kind of reevaluating things every day, but we have a lot of sellers in our pipeline right now that we're supposed to be coming on the market late March, early April, and they're they're all holding off. Yeah. Um, for those fears, and, and same thing, you know, we all we can do is give them both sides of things of what are the pros of listing now and taking that gamble there, or what are the pros of 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 listing later. Right. And you know, it's if. If it's if this does turn into a longer thing and the economy does take a, a very big tumble because it's a long term thing, then it would have been a really good idea to get on the market now while the prices are still pretty good and there's still yeah. multiple offers. They're not as many multiple offers, but there's still multiple offers on homes right now. Um, so you'd be better to do it now. But if it's more of a short term thing. And uh, we really can go back to business on May 1st, like the governor's, you know, set the current date for, um, which obviously that's a just a made yeah. up day at this point. Right. We'll reevaluate that when we get closer. <laughs> right. But um, if we really go back to work, everybody May 1st, uh, then it may have been a good idea to hold off listing because once that comes off, there's going to be a lot of buyers that are going to be rushing to see everything that's on the market and right. coming on the market that first week. Right. Uh, so it's a very big gamble. If you if you wait, we could go into it. We could slip into a recession and you lose tens of thousands of dollars. Right. If you it, you know, or if you wait and it and it goes well, you could make an extra five to ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, but it but it is a gamble. There, mm-hmm. Nobody knows the answer to it. No. You just got you just as the seller. I got to get, you know, I got to give you both sides and you got to decide, you know, personally what you believe is going to happen and, and follow, follow your instincts of what you think is the right decision. Yeah. I, I was surprised. I have some clients who just out of the blue told me we purchased a new house and, um, and it, it's a, a high dollar, you know, price point. I was surprised yeah. that that they said oh yeah we just purchased a house we we put an <laughs> offer in and I said okay so when are you putting your house on the market and they said oh we're we're gonna do it right now right away and this was um, probably I don't know two two weeks ago or so and I said okay well you know I mean I don't know what's gonna <laughs> happen with that um, and surprisingly they put it on the market it was a Wednesday they put it on the market and they had multiple offers by that night they had people over asking and yeah. they took an offer and they you know are now just waiting for the closing date so I was shocked I really was I mean I thought yeah there's no way that people are gonna you know, be looking for houses right now. <laughs> so. hey, you know, and that's, uh, and that's what we've come across a lot. The, uh, my, my sellers are holding off on listing because they, they kind of felt the same way. Like surely nobody's out yeah. buying houses right now. Right. 
And as much as I have shown them the data of there are still people out there looking um, and there are still multiple offers, they're just they're they're just so stuck in their head that it's not a possibility right. that they they didn't want to list. And, and the problem is that that's slowly that's slowly dying there, though, because from what I've seen and from my own personal experience and business on it is um we were still going really hot there at the beginning of it, but the domino effect of jobs being lost, that's taking more buyers out of the market. And yeah. I find that the the buyers that are still, you know, propping up this market right now are buyers that were already in the pipeline. You know, they're buyers that I've been working with for months or I talked to them months ago and they're like, Hey, I've got everything set up. You know, March fifteenth, I'm I'm gonna start looking for houses. Yep. And they just were so set in their head that that was their plan, that they just didn't care about the the virus and anything. There's like, no, this is my plan. I financially can still do it. I'm doing it no matter what. Sure. Um. So we're still doing a pretty good job. We're still averaging about selling about a house a week right now. Um. But but I have noticed though that my new clients coming into the pipeline are are significantly slower so once i get through my current buyers and sellers and all that um you we're strong now but our may and our june could be significantly slower depending on how much longer this goes right and it's similar in my business um i had a, a similar situation where the current clients that i'm working with are still moving forward in whatever way we can. Obviously, our hands are tied on a lot of stuff, but whatever way that we can move forward, we're moving forward. Um, But all of my new clients who, you know, either had just signed on or were getting ready to sign on have basically put things on hold. So, you know, it's it's (laughs) the same situation. Um, At some point, you know, there's there is going to be an end to what I'm working on now and not having new you know, things to work on, it, it's going to have some, some kind of lull at some point. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's the same, same kind of thing. And curious to know, so you're selling a house a week. How does that compare to like normal times or where you were before this started happening? Um, so coming into the spring time frame. Um, we would generally, like I said, we're, we're not super far off right now. Um, but, but generally getting into May though, it, it's not unusual for us to, at one point, you know, have 15 to 20 deals pending at a time. Yeah. And right, right now we're going to be, we're going to be closer into that, like seven, probably like seven to eight. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. pr- it's probably where we're going to max out at uh, for me unless, you know, unless something comes along that I just don't even know about right, right. now. Right. Uh, we're probably going to be closer to that seven to eight instead of 15. Um, yeah. So it's about half so it, of what it, you normally do. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, it's I've got three listings that are supposed to be that were supposed to come on in March. So if you if you take into account if I would have put those three houses on the market in March, that would have taken me up to 10. And mm-hmm. then if I would have also sold them new houses when I, you know, when I sold their house, helped them buy another house, 
that you know that bumps me up to 13 yeah and then you throw in another couple people that were planning on calling me and and I didn't even know about yet right that that happens quite a bit where it's yeah I get the call and they're like I'm ready to look at houses tomorrow um so yeah you you factor that in there that and that that perfectly accounts for where we should be in that you know 15 or so pending deals come May right um so yeah so we're we're definitely down. We're down probably about 50%. Um, but the, you know, kind of probably, it sounds like exactly like on your business, we're, you know, we're always kind of a, a month or two behind what the rest of the economy is really like getting hit with. Yeah. Um, so once again, you take that magical date of May 1st, if we all go back to work that day, the first week of May, I'm going to get slammed with all these people that yeah. held off. Yeah. And I'm sure you will too. All those people have <laughs> right. plans moving forward and pulled the, you know, pulled the, the plans. They're going to slam you because we haven't been down long enough to really significantly affect people that have money saved and emergency funds and their jobs weren't impacted. Um, so at this point, we're still in that phase to where it's just a matter of, just, you know, it's just like somebody kinked the water hose. Right. As soon as it comes unkinked, we're all going to get slammed and, and just goodbye sleep. Um, but it, if it goes any further, you know, we start to go into June and things like that. It's it's hard for everybody to not be affected at yeah. that point. Yeah. And, you know, in our in our side of the business, you're. Yeah, at that point, you're going to start to get into the realm of a lot of foreclosures and and things like that. Right. That we could have a we could have a big shift in the market if that happens. So we're, we're there, there's probably like only a month or two difference between it, it it bouncing back like none of this ever happened, and we just got to do you know instead of having March, April, May to do a ton of real estate. For the spring market, we may get slammed and have to do three months worth of work all in May, um, or it goes two months longer and it's a total recession and we're all broke. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. It's just that that teetering. You know, we're we're at that teetering point. I feel that you know yeah. it, it could go either direction. It really could, and it's it's definitely unsettling. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's and that's why I have a hard time uh, giving my clients advice on it because sure. I've I've you know I've I've run the scenarios as much as I can for you know both both ways of short term and long term and unfortunately it's just two completely different outcomes yeah Name over day. the course of a month or so yeah. and, and you know nobody's in a position to really know how it's going to work out right I know. I know it's it's really just unbelievable. It's so hard to wrap your mind around because this has yeah. just never happened before. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, do you find that clients are more willing, the ones that are purchasing, are more willing to purchase based strictly on computer viewing? Do they feel like they absolutely have to set foot in the house? Do you are you recommending that they set foot in the house, or are you? okay with them purchasing sight on scene and just online um you know i i prefer that they see it in person but we have changed things um as far as we're we're seeing a lot less homes even my buyers are still wanting to get out and do things um 
we're seeing a lot less homes. So for, for sellers, I'm telling them it's more like the holidays. You know, people say, yeah. hey, do I really want to list in December? And I just tell people, I'm like, look, you're going to have a whole lot less showings, mm -hmm. but every showing is going to be more likely to be someone's going to purchase it. A potential it. buyer. Yeah. It, yeah. If you, if you put your home on the market in May, you may have 30 showings, but only four or five serious buyers. If you put your house on the market in December, you may only have seven showings, but you're still going to have four or five serious buyers right. because that's the only people out at that point. And that's where we're at right now. It's only the serious buyers. And uh, so as far as my buyers go, though, I've tried to get them to really take that mentality that look, we, we can't be just going out looking at right. everything. Right. We, we need to really look at stuff online and you know get as much information as we can and uh you know and for the most part you should just have a mentality of i'm only going to look at a house if i would be willing to write an offer without seeing it now i'm still going to get you in the house sure. but we're going to the house just to make sure it is what the pictures show right because exactly. obviously as realtors our best our you know our job is to make it look as good as possible. So if I have a weird looking floor plan or layout, mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid showing those weird room connections. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want people to be turned off before they see it. Um, so we what we I still want my clients to set foot in it, and, and I have I've sold a lot of houses sight unseen to to clients from out of mm -hmm. state or sure. investors, things like that. Uh, I just don't think it's a good idea for the everyday buyer. And, and so we, I do try to get them in at least one time before we write the offer. And, uh, as one of my, one of my, uh, other realtors said, it was just like, here's the thing. I don't care how good the video is. You can't smell in a video. <laughs> That's true. And <laughs> how many, how, like, how many houses have you really liked? And you walked in and it smelled uh, like cigarette smoke or yeah. cat pee. And you're just like, you know what? I dealt with trying to can't get do cigarette that. smoke yeah. out. I, I just, I can't live with this. And I know it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time to get this cigarette smoke smell out. Right. Um, and, and so even for just something as simple as smell, yeah. you just, you just have, you just have to be there to know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good advice. Definitely. I, I think it's, I can't imagine making a purchase that significant without actually walking into the space. I mean, it, yeah. it's just, I think it's so important and, um, you know, you, you would just have to do whatever you have to do to obviously protect yourself, protect the sellers and make sure that, you know, like, like you said, the, you know, realtor who's unlocking the door and telling them they have to have every door open. So they're not touching door handles, make sure all the lights are on. So they're not touching light switches, you know, things like that, just to protect yeah. themselves and protect the sellers. And, you know, I think that, um, I think it makes for a much better situation when you know exactly what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely, every buyer has buyer's remorse after they get an accepted offer anyways. Yeah, right. But you can generally work through that. But if if you know you're going to get buyer's remorse and you didn't get to step foot in the house, yeah. you're, you're just asking for the deal to fall through. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I completely agree. Um, what are your tips for sellers in this current market? Are, you know, photos, video tours, Matterport, are they like more important than ever now? Are you suggesting that they highly invest in something like that, um, staging, you know, any of those resources that you feel like are even more important now for sellers? 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think getting it prepped as far as the, the just making the pictures look amazing is crucial. And and here's the thing, like uh, as a realtor, this past market for we've had we've had for the past year or two, any idiot can sell the house. It's it's the experienced realtors that are making the closing a smooth transaction. Mm-hmm. It's the realtors, the good realtors that are solving the problems that their clients never even know about and actually getting everybody to the closing table. Yeah. You know, that that's what your good realtor is doing right now. And and unfortunately, though, this market has allowed bad realtors to succeed. And it's also allowed realtors, even good realtors, to get lazy. Um, you know, you could go take blurry pictures with a flip phone and throw it online and you're still going to sell it. Yeah. Well, now with the way the market is, that, that laziness is not being rewarded. Sure. Um, so it is absolutely crucial to declutter, stage properly, get a professional photographer in there to take the pictures, make sure the lighting is the best that it can be. Do those video walkthroughs. Um, I know we we do some video walkthroughs. We do ourselves, um, depending on what I want to highlight and things like that. And then we also have a professional photographer that we have do a video walkthrough that has much better equipment with their, mm-hmm. their stabilizer and their lighting and all that. So um, I think that is absolutely crucial because you really do. Yeah, you have to sell it completely online you don't just have to put it out there good enough to get someone to come by you have to make it so nice that they want to write an offer and they just have to come and make sure the pictures are real before they write the offer right yeah exactly I know before all this you know I always keep my eyes open on real estate and just looking I enjoy Mm -hmm. doing that but um, just looking at houses and I'm always shocked at some of the photos <laughs> that I'm seeing out there and I'm thinking oh my goodness all you had to do was make the bed all you had to do was declutter yeah. you know and people were just throwing you know like you said a flip phone picture out there and saying well yeah. here you go it's a hot market <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna buy it it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> so. I, yeah I've, I've seen so many pictures of just blurry pictures and the homeowner's like yeah you're you're, t- you're taking a picture of the living room and the homeowner's like peeking around <laughs> the corner of the hallway watching you right. take the picture and you're just like why like why would you let the homeowner like creep in the back of this picture <laughs> right why? like and I, i've seen pictures where people are actually watching tv in the living room yeah. while they take like tv on and people sitting on the couch watching TV, and that is their listening picture. Yeah, and I don't I'm just get it. Like, oh my god! And it sells in twelve hours. Yeah, you know, like so. You, yeah, like you said, is this market has rewarded laziness and incompetence, and so as realtors, there, there's always kind of a talk of you. Know, obviously, we don't want to see something this drastic happen. But there's always talks of like, man, I'm I'm ready for a shift in this market. We need to thin the herd. Yeah. Like there are just too many bad realtors out there yeah. giving us all a bad name. We like we need it to be difficult again. It's too easy for everyone to succeed. We like we need to thin out the herd of these part time realtors and yeah. Um, you know, people just have no idea what they're doing. They just, they heard it was easy and jumped in. Right. And and that's true because it seems like 
everyone and their brother has a real estate license. And, you know, it's just, it's like either you're taking it seriously or it's a hobby. And, you know, if it's a hobby, then you probably shouldn't be doing it because this isn't the type of business that should be a hobby for somebody. I mean, you're dealing with people's financial security, their their homes, a place that they're investing in. You know, or trying to get the most money out of you, you can't do that. You can't yeah, play in this job. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it is. It's one of those things. Like you've got people that are, you know, it, it could be a two hundred thousand dollar purchase, mm-hmm. and and people are just like, well, I know you're probably the better realtor, but my mom would just get really mad if I didn't use my cousin as a realtor, and it's just like. You, like your mom's just gonna have to get mad you know right like, i mean this is a big be, purchase yeah you cannot be guilted into spending two hundred thousand dollars right. on somebody that doesn't know what they're doing right exactly. um and it, and it does it's like I, i've had a lot of deals where a random relative did a terrible job mm-hmm. and then you know and then it's a couple years later and they're they're you know they outgrew the house and they're ready to sell and i and they you know there's no way either their cousin's not in the business anymore or they had such a bad experience that they're like i don't yeah. care i'm using you this time and then i gotta go through the numbers and be like look i like i hate to give you the bad news but you severely overpaid for this house and like we're, we're gonna have to dig a big ditch yeah like we're, we're, we're gonna or we're gonna have to dig you out of a big hole that your cousin got you into right um so yeah so it's it's just uh it's gonna be a time that the the experienced realtors that know what to do and are willing to put the money into their clients marketing that that's who's going to succeed um yeah. you had mentioned matterport yeah. You know, it's weird. I, I think it's a really cool tool. Um, and it just, it still hasn't taken off. Like, hmm. like it, it was a novel thing when it first came out and people got like kind of excited, but yeah. then no, nobody really wanted to take the time to click each time to go through the house. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's a, it's a cool thing to tell your clients that you do for them, but I don't think buyers really appreciate it or care about it. And so I've been kind of waiting to see if this was what was going to you know, take off with Matterport. Yeah. And I still haven't seen the big really? <laughs> yeah, surge in people using it. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm still, you know, the jury's still out on that one on if depending on how long it goes, if it does make a big jump in appearances. But I, I still don't see Matterport as being like a game changing technology yet. Really? Wow. I'm surprised by that. I mean, I'm I guess I'm because I, I do what I do. I love tours I love seeing homes yeah. you know so I enjoy it I I will click yeah. every spot <laughs> because I want to see <laughs> every single angle of the space and so I do enjoy it um we've actually talked about with um the decorator showhouse because we've had to postpone it um mm-hmm. doing something like that potentially even if we end up with a, a live um tour at some point just trying to do a video tour or some kind of virtual tour as well. Um, which I think for something like that, that could be, that could be useful. Yeah. But I yeah. think it would be good for that. And, and I think one of the downsides to, um, as far as buyer buyers using it is, you know, all of our numbers and data, it, you know, I, I forget what the amount of time is, but, but basically it's, Buyers don't want to look at one listing 
for more than like a minute. They I click mean, it's, through it's like the pictures. They, yeah, super they, fast. they yeah. speed. Yeah, they get through forty pictures in, in about fifteen seconds. Yeah, and and that's kind of what it is. You're going to these websites and you want to see everything that's on the market. And and the more time you spend on one house, your brain the whole time is just like. Oh God, I, I like I've I've only got you know I only want to spend the next thirty minutes looking at houses. I yeah. I, got, I got to make sure I see everything, and they just they don't want to spend fifteen minutes on one house when they're trying to potentially look at the you know, thirty homes while they're sitting there scrolling through. So I think that has a lot to do with sure, it. Sure, um, we can see so, that. So if you if you have one house that you're super interested in, yeah. or two or three houses. If you could get a Matterport for all of those, I think it would be good. And that's why I think this market, it will be the true test of whether Matterport's ever going to take off. Right. Because this is one of those that we're telling our clients, like, look, we like we don't want to take you to this house unless you're ready to write an offer. Yeah. Well, what better way to know than to do a Matterport tour? Yeah. And, um, and so for realtors, I, I think that's mainly why because people are speeding through so many listings. But for what you're talking about, you know, when you go into a bedroom on a listing, you don't care about what bed's in there. You don't care about what the decorations are on the wall because you're not getting any of that. Right. So you, you're just like, oh, okay, it's a good-sized bedroom, next room. Oh, it's a good-sized bedroom. I, I like how big the closet is, next room. With your project, it, it, it's more likely people are going to, like, go in a room and really take time turning every angle and taking right. notice of what the decorations are. So I, I think it would be an awesome technology for you guys and what you're trying to accomplish on it. Yeah. Um, just on, yeah, just on the realtor side. I, I just, I haven't seen it take off uh, other than just being kind of a, a, a marketing, marketing boy thing, of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah lit, use me to list your house. Cause I do Matterport. Right. Nobody else is doing it right now. Well, nobody's doing it. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 I could, I can see that. I, I think you're right. If it's going to work or take off at any point, this would be the time that it would, because people are trying to whittle things down, you know, closer before they actually step foot into a house. So yeah. I think it would be, it would be good for this time period, but, um, you know, once the market bounces back and yeah, it's, it's a really good market again and it's going to go back to yeah. people not, <laughs> you know, not doing that. Yeah. Uh, they'd rather just like literally knock out 10 houses walking into a house, you know, personally in a day. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, so how do you think this is going to affect the real estate industry long-term? And that's such a loaded question because we have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah, but just, um, you know, your experience and best guess of, you know, what do you think you this know, is going to th- do? I think it goes to what we said earlier. Just um, if, if it really does go back to somewhat normal in, in the first part of May, and then it, it is going to be just unkinking the water hose like be if you're a realtor be ready because you're about to get hammered with a crazy amount of buyers and sellers uh the the prices have stayed stable so sellers are going to be in a good position the interest rates have stayed low so buyers are going to be in a good position Mm -hmm. and the the market's going to be flooded with a bunch of buyers and sellers if it if it goes 
into closer to that June time frame. Uh, you know, every day it goes into June, we're, we're inching closer and closer to that quick rebound being less likely and it turning into more of a housing crisis type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is just a matter of days, <laughs> a day's difference. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. it could change. Yeah, because even if you just look at um, landlords, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you, you've got these landlords that have portfolios of, you know, maybe 100 homes. Sure. And they're just the general feel out there is if you can't pay your rent, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. Government's not making people pay mortgages. You shouldn't have to pay your rent. Well, the problem is these in, yeah, the, these investors with these portfolios, they don't have mortgages that are getting forgiven. Yeah. And and a lot of the forbearance things are if you know people are like, oh, just do the forbearance. You can take three months off. Well, the problem is on that fourth month, you owe all, all four months right. of mortgage. Right. Well, it, you know, if your tenant can't pay the rent then uh, on that fourth month, are they going to magically come up with four months of rent for you as the landlord to catch up? Um, so you can, yeah, you can quickly, as as a landlord, go from being in a really good position to all of a sudden you, you've got, you know, 50 homes that you can't pay for. And what yeah. what happens if? What happens if you are a really big investor in just one or two key areas of town and now all of a sudden you have 20 homes in that little area go into foreclosure? Yeah. Well, if, 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 if the market gets flooded with 20 foreclosures in a you know condensed area, that tanks everybody's. Yep. It drops everybody's value. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. So there's a lot of things like that that, as it goes into it, it, it can quickly turn into more of a housing crisis type of thing, and and we just we just won't know until until we see how long it lasts. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like there are so many industries that are teetering right now. You know, either they're gonna come back and it's gonna be stronger than ever because, you know, we haven't been down that long, or if it goes too long. It's just going to tank everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a there, there's a point of no return for every business. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're all going to be a little bit different. But but it, it's it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how well how much you've prepared. No. Uh, n- nobody has that much liquidity no. just laying around to be able to support all their employees for months with no income or very limited income. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's just feeling out what that point of no return is for people and for the market as a whole. Right. Right. Do you think that you'll make any changes to your business that will stay after this crisis ends? Have you done anything differently or seen something that works really well? And you said, Hey, we might as well, you know, continue that idea in the future. Um, you know, we're going to continue to emphasize the videos that we've been doing for the past couple of years. I, it's always been a hit and it's even more of a hit now. Um, so we're, we're going to make sure and keep hitting that hard and, and putting a lot of money towards that and our photographers that we use for that. Um, but I think one of the big things that is, is you know, using this experience to make me a better realtor and more efficient is I get so caught up in just, uh, you know, just multiple phone calls and text messages and emails going on at a time that, you know, a lot of times 
somebody may send me a text and be like, you know, this address just came on the market today. When, when can we see it? And I, you know, I don't even like, I just immediately respond just, when are you free? Mm -hmm. And, and I get it and I set the appointment and, you know, and sometimes I show up to that house and I'm like, what, this is a terrible house for you. There's no <laughs> right. way you were ever going to buy. You got seven kids and this is one and a half bath. Right, right. Like what, like, why are we here? It's like, oh, I didn't realize it's only one and a half bath. And, uh, and those are things that it's going to be hard some days to, to take the time and to stop and say, you know, let, let's go through this listing together first before we commit to go seeing it. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and that's the way we used to do business a lot more. But in in this current market, when you've got some houses going pending in the first six hours. Yeah. You, you, it's, you know, it's kind of been one of those. You got to get out there. Fire aim type yeah. of things. Like you just, you just, you just, get, you just get out there, you just fire away and, and see if it worked out later. Um, so that's what we've been doing, but, but here we've become much more efficient. Um, just the other day we had somebody, they wanted to go see a house and we know they just absolutely don't want aluminum wiring. Well, you know, we, we're, we're looking into that now we're, we're going through the seller's disclosures, which yeah. is things that we generally didn't go through until after the client was interested in the house. Um, we're going through the seller's disclosure up front. We're looking for that aluminum wiring and we're ruling out houses without even ever having to go look at them. Um, so yeah, so really that this, this time has made it clear to me that if I would just spend the, you know, 20 minutes looking at the basics of the home, it could save me an hour and a half sure. later yeah. of driving out there, showing the house, driving back. Yeah. Uh, so it sucks to take that extra 20 minutes because, you know, for us, for us, we, we may show, you know, we, we may show like 10, you know, 10 homes a day sometimes. And for me to do a legitimate workup on a house and look into everything that needs to be looked into, it takes about an hour per house. Yeah. That's a and, time. and so that's, you know, so if I spend 10 hours, on on those houses when am i actually going to show them right um yeah so that's so that's that's what we're still working on is what do we need to look at right away what can wait till later sure and yeah. and trying to become more efficient on that so that that's that's what i'm going to try to learn from this this whole thing and try to carry into our business moving forward is, is just being more efficient even if it slows us down just a little bit yeah i i think that's that's great. I think a lot of people are taking the time right now to just reevaluate their systems and the way that they're doing things and what's working and what's not working. And, um, and then just really dialing in on the essential things and yeah. saving time is, is a really important thing. I mean, you know, Absolutely. the more time that you can save, um, the more time you can dedicate to, you know, selling or doing something, something else that's profitable. So yeah. Yeah. That's really important. Um, how have you personally managed the up and ups and downs of the crisis? And do you have any tips that might help other people in managing the ups and downs? Uh, you know, for, for us, we, we've really just been going at it extra hard with our current pipeline that we already had in the works. Uh, we've been doing that when we've been trying to be a resource to as many people as we can. Um, so a lot of, 
a lot of things just on Facebook of some general things. Uh, and we've also been reaching out to our database as well, mm-hmm. um, just proactively reaching out to people, asking if there's anything we can answer for them. Uh, once again, the thing about the forbearance, um, you know, people got really excited about it and they were ready to call their bank and, and tell them, sign me up for that forbearance. And then when we made them aware of the fact that this is not something that's forgiven or tacked no. on to the end of your loan. No. This is yeah. this is something, you know, if your mortgage is $1,000 a month on month number four, you better have $4,000. $4,000, yeah. And, uh, you know, so being a resource on some things like that has has really helped our clients. And, you know, and that's that's what we do. We don't do a whole lot of marketing to new people. We just we just try to do an awesome job for our clients that we, you know, have worked with and continue to be a resource for them after they've closed with anything that we can help out with. Um, so that's what we're doing. There's not a whole lot of new business going on. So we're, sure. we're just trying to reach out to our database, checking in on them, making sure they're okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and just being a resource as much as possible. Yeah. And that's similar to what I've been doing as well. Just staying in contact with all of my clients um, on a personal level, really um, just seeing how they're doing, how this is affecting them, what they're struggling with, um, just to, you know, reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm here and anything that you need, I'll, I'll try to help you as much as I can. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's been good. And it's also been really nice to just, you know, strengthen those connections, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think with, you know, with your job and just the amount of people that you come across, uh, you know, you're probably one of those people that would have heard about the, the forbearance being uh, a lump sum payment. You, you probably heard about that a lot sooner than other people did just from the the number of different people and, you know, higher business level people you're around and things like that. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you can be a key resource for yeah. people uh, on that sort of thing. And, and I'm sure, too, you're probably going to see... Uh, you know, if people do have the money and are still wanting to do, you know, their remodels and things like that, you, you, you have a good, you know, finger on at what point are, um, suppliers, right? Like, Hey, this, this is getting ridiculous. We we're, we're going to have to cut some prices here and get some things moving. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so just to be able to kind of be there for, for that information for them, if they do think about doing something as well. Right. And, you know, I have, I have two projects that are mid construction right now um, that, you know, it's just been one of those things where we have to figure out how we're going to manage it. Um, Crews working individually, you know, one, one person at a time on a job (laughs) um, trying to, you know, still inch the project along, but also just from a supplier standpoint, vendor standpoint, you know, are we able to get those materials in still what what's happening with that how is that working and and even from the furniture side the interior side um a lot of things have been put on hold because a lot of the factories had to close Um, some of them were able to still remain open depending on what state they were in um but a lot had to close and i'm constantly getting updates from those vendors saying you know hey here's what we're doing here's you know when we're going to reopen this is what to expect you know all of those those things that i just keep relaying 
to my clients to kind of keep them in the loop and keep them updated yeah. as much as I can. So it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that would be tough. Yeah, an ever-changing thing. And, and it's, uh, you know, and it's one of those things like, like we were talking about with the jobs and just the, the domino of, um, you know, of like jobs being affected that you would never think would yeah. be affected by something like this. And, and I'm sure it's probably happening with you too on the supplies and the things where, you know, it's just like, yep. oh, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like my, you know, my stuff, you know, th- this item isn't made in China and it's like, yeah. oh, dang it. Like turns out that's assembled in the U S yeah. but the leg chairs are actually yep. made in China. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I had yeah, one furniture there's manufacturer. Like, there's almost always one. Component yeah. Oh yeah. One component. Made. I had a, a furniture manufacturer say that they said, you know, we actually make, you know, a lot of things here, but the you know this component or this electronic component or whatever comes from china and we are like dead in the water because we can't finish yeah. it um we have <laughs> i mean we have those types of situations and um and, and really we are dealing with it globally in what i do because we have fabrics and wallpapers and uh, you know all kinds of things coming from all over the world and everybody has their own set of regulations right now so yeah we have no idea like i have a company in the uk that for a time they said oh no we're not shipping out anything we're shutting everything down we have to shut everything down and then it was like two weeks later oh now we're opening everything back up and we're able to ship and you know we've got like a skeleton crew but we're doing (laughs) i mean it's constantly changing literally within (laughs) like days you know hours it's changing so yeah it's it's just you know I just am telling my clients, look, nothing's guaranteed. We have no idea when things are actually going to come. And once they do get here, we don't know when we'll actually be able to install it because (laughs) (laughs) we, you know, we're, I'm technically a non-essential business. Now, construction is a little more essential, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know when a wallpaper installer is going to be able to install wallpaper. I mean, he's not essential. So, yeah, you know, if this magical may first happens then great we can get things up and running but you know you and i both know that that may not happen so yeah yeah, absolutely yeah so it's it's crazy and we we're dealing with this kind of stuff all the time and i'm i mean in the beginning i was been bombarded with email after email after email from all of my vendors saying this is what we're doing and you know, now it's slowed down, but I'll get those updates occasionally and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> when the thing is actually here, that's when we'll know we have it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what would you have done differently had you known this was coming? And it's, it's such a hard thing because you, you can't know that something like this is going to happen. But if you, you know, had a crystal ball and you knew this was coming, would you have done anything differently? Um, other than buying stock in zoom, I (laughs) don't think so. I, yeah, there really isn't. Um, I think it's still too early to tell, you know, cause it's, it, it, we're yet to see what the outcome is going to be. So if, if this keeps going on, uh, if you ask, you know, you asked me this question in six months, my answer would be, uh, if I would have known it was coming, those three listings that I had, I would have harass them and harass them yeah. try to get to them to move forward get their house on the market no matter what yeah 
Um, but uh, but right now, yeah, I think it's still still too early to tell. We're just we're just kind of in a holding pattern that uh, I don't I don't think there's anything that I could have done to differently prepare myself. Like I, I don't feel like my business is handicapped in any way. That's good because we we already have our amazing photographer that does the videos and all that. Um, so I, I don't feel like we're handicapped in any way with our business and, and I don't think there's, you know, anything we could have done to prepare our clients for what's happening. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think that would be a good question in six months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once we, once we see how things kind of played out and then I'll know what I should have been doing the whole time. But, but yeah, right now I, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a hard, hard thing to know. And, um, you know, for me, I know just from a logistics standpoint, I would have prepared a little bit differently in terms of having things readily available for me, for my clients' files. Um, you know, I have an office and I can't go to that office right now. And um, a lot of my clients have hard files. You know, we, we have a lot on the computer, but I, I need you know, to have files with all of the samples and all of those things. Yeah. So I literally like grabbed everything that I could think of (laughs) and (laughs) left. Um, It was like your last, last day at work. Yeah. Yeah. You're like boxing up everything. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so I know for me, I would have planned for that a little bit better and been more prepared on that side so um yeah you know well but, luckily i work from home so yeah so that didn't change for files, you <laughs> yeah all of my files are here and almost everything we do is electronically yeah and, um and, and honestly the only reason we print anything off anymore is just because sometimes it's easier to go over to the file than it is to search through all the emails and digital yeah. files so yeah um so we're, yeah we just kind of just did have a picture like physically have like a picture of all the files we're working on we do it um but yeah but yeah working working from home though it's it's made it a lot easier that we didn't have to you know transition in yeah. any different way of doing things yeah yeah that that's definitely helpful to already have that kind of setup and and just even in general logistically your office setup and you know all of that um you know we didn't really have that set up necessarily, especially for, for two people working at home. So that makes it a little more difficult <laughs> when you're yeah. trying to figure out workspaces. Um, so that's something that we kind of had to throw together as well. <laughs> so, Well, and I've already got my kids trained on uh, not coming into the office. Yeah. And if they hear me talking, they know to be extremely quiet and don't bother me. Yeah. So uh, we've had years of training of yeah. what to do. Like, yeah, your kids do not no. know no. the difference between office rules and <laughs> no. the rest of the house rules. No, have no clue. Our, you know, our, our four-year-old is a little bit better at it, and she does understand, like, if you're on the phone to not, you know, interrupt. But our one-and-a-half-year-old, no. <laughs> she has no boundaries. So, yeah. yeah. So trying to get things done is definitely difficult. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing this, and um, I have enjoyed the conversation. I think this is really helpful information, you know, for for everybody just kind of in this situation and, you know, not knowing what the future is going to bring. So I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Yeah, hopefully that was helpful, a little bit inside of what the realtors are actually seeing since I hear – 
Yeah, I hear different things every day. Yeah. I hear, uh, hear that, the, you know, it's business as usual. Nothing's going on wrong at all, all the way to, oh, well, this virus, I can offer 50000 less, right? And it's just like, no. no. Yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> Hasn't changed that much. Right. Yeah, so hopefully that gives a little bit of insight. Uh, yeah. Let, let people know what's going on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Design Direction Podcast. For more information and links to my guests, check out the show notes. And if you want more information about me, visit my website at www.compassdesignservices.com.